Welcome to episode one of the Two Man Film Crew. I'm Sean King. And I'm Taylor King. And this is a show all about how to make films with just two people. The, the whole point of this show is, you know, one person making a film, it's tough. Two, and it's doable. And it could be two men, it could be two women, it could be a husband and wife, it could be a brother and sister. But it's possible, if you delegate right, to be able to make a film that actually can get out and seen by millions of people with just two people. When you said you wanted to go to film school, I suggested, uh, because I've been in the industry for 35 years, and from the time I went to film school to now and what you had already done, things had just changed. But your mother had other ideas. Yeah, she wanted me to go to, to film school and college and blah, 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 blah. And I knew right away that that just wasn't in the cards for me. My mom's boss gave her tickets to go see Ron Howard speak. And my mom, having no interest in Ron Howard, she gave them to us. So we went, and it was fantastic. And the first question that was asked during the Q&A, literally the first question, um, was by an audience member whose son wanted to be a filmmaker. And he said, I know you went to film school, to USC. Should my son go to film school if he wants to be a filmmaker? And what did Ron Howard say? Yeah, Ron Howard said, you know, it, it's great for connections, no doubt. Um, but... Because if, if he really just wants to make films, especially if he wants to be a director, I suggest give him a camera and a laptop and just let him start making movies. And that was in 2014 yeah. that uh, he said that. And I think, you know, today, if, if realistically, if you want to be a filmmaker, you shouldn't go to film school. Yeah. If you're not self-motivated, then you should. I mean, there's certain types of people that they, they need a curriculum. They need someone saying this is where you need to be Monday morning, you know, at 9 a.m., um, but if if you're self-motivated, you can shoot a lot more films in that four-year period and learn a lot more by doing, but you do have to be self-motivated. And and if you're worried about not getting the education that you would at a film school, well, then there's YouTube. Because every single person that went to film school, every single person, you know, that reviews cameras, you know, everything that you ever could want to know that you would learn in film school is on YouTube. And then there's the Masterclass series now. Yeah. Um, I mean, would you prefer your professor be Professor Jones? Nothing against Professor Jones. Or Scorsese and Ron Howard and, and writers like Sorkin and all these people who have actually written to things to, you know, that mass audiences liked. Um, again... You have to be the person who wakes up every morning early and just dives in and just becomes a sponge with all this information that's out there and then have that same intensity and that same energy and go out and make a film and make another film and another film. We'll get into a lot of how, you know, your first film is not going to be your Scorsese moment. And it's, it's the doing over and over and over where not only do you get better as a filmmaker, but you develop your own style. And that own style is the thing that's going to separate you from, from every other filmmaker. So let's talk about our first series, Private Sales, and the inception of that. So, you know, this being Taylor's film school, we, my thought was, uh, wake up every day, write, 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 and then we'll take what you wrote, and then we'll shoot it, and then we'll let you edit it, and we'll put it up on YouTube. Yeah, it was October 2015. We sat down, decided that we wanted to tackle a web series. And we talked about this idea of this young kid whose parents are murdered. It's a bit of a murder mystery. And one of the things that he does, you know, now basically an orphan, is um, he takes up a job as a driver for escorts. 
And so that was the show, Private Sales, which was the first thing that we ever did. So we put it out, and four days later, an Italian distributor contacts us. And I'm not sure how we found it, but he's, he had a couple questions. One, why was it on YouTube? And the other was he wanted to license it for Italy. But one of the things is you have to pull it off of YouTube, obviously. And so we pulled it off of YouTube, and we started negotiating on this Italian deal. But even though our show dealt with escorts, we had no nudity and no sex. I mean, we knew it was going to YouTube. And so we sort of danced around that part of it. But in the Italian deal, and I guess there's a lot of nudity in Italian films and even on their Italian TV shows, he wanted us to go back and shoot some uh, some nude scenes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I just didn't feel comfortable being naked on camera. No, <laughs> no. Um, just in the story, it didn't fit with, you know, both all, all the characters, not me, obviously. Um, but it wasn't what the show was about. But because he was very connected and sort of on the inside of what was happening in distribution, he knew that Amazon was about to open up their video platform to independent filmmakers. And he said, you know, keep keep watching and I would submit the second they do. And we did. And there was about a six month arc. But all of a sudden we noticed a hell of a lot of people. I mean, in the millions were watching the show. And from that, we were actually going to end up making money. And, and it was just, again, this, you know, this all started from... Let's just make something, let's put it out, and then our plan was just to go back and make more more stuff. But this then started a whole new path of actually being able to make films and have a way to put them out. Now, at that time, the, the indie platform deal on Amazon was the United States, the United Kingdom, Germany, and Japan. So it was those four countries, but again, millions and millions of people. I remember the night that the numbers started coming in. I was on a date, and I you kept texting me, you know, 100,000, you know, da-da-da. And, and those were just um, to that point, you know, not even per day. And um, at that moment, and, and that night specifically, I remember us both thinking this is now a business. Yeah. For those who don't know, the way the Amazon platform works is you get paid based on minutes watched and they track it down to the minute. Uh, you, you don't know it, what states are watching, but you do know like the, the overall United States numbers every day and then each of the countries. So, you know, you wake up every morning and it's very much like a, a stock ticker. You look to see sort of where your show's at and if the show's going up and if it's going down. And on private sales for the first probably seven, eight months, it just kept going up and up and up. And, you know, like Taylor said, you know, we were at about 100,000 minutes a month and then it went to 100,000 minutes a week and then it went to 100,000 minutes a day. And I think at the peak, it was doing about 300,000 minutes a day, which was a lot of people watching the show. Yep. So we're going to get into each of the shows and sort of how they came about and how we were able to produce them and how we did it with just two people. Now, we did private sales with two people because it was just going to be Taylor's Film School and we're just going to make the show. But then we realized, well, we could do it this way. And we did the next one that way. And then we did the next one that way. And we've continued to this day to do it with two or three people. Uh, there's occasions when we need to have a makeup artist, but that's usually at request of an actor or if there's some special makeup need in, in the project. So in the coming months and, and years, this show is going to be about how to make films inexpensively with limited resources and your geography won't matter. I mean, if, if you live in Iceland and you have access to an iPhone and the internet, you can make a film. Not only can you make a film, but you can make a film that's going to get seen by people. And, and you talk about this a lot, but, you know, everything we do is about how many at bets we can have um, in terms of doing what we do, how many times we can make a film. And I think the reason why 
private sales was successful for us is because we did it for nothing, just with the two of us, one of us being in the film uh, or in the show. Well, there, there was no expectation. No. We made it, and the whole time we were just trying to make something the best we possibly could, but we had very, very few restrictions. You know, I mean, I guess not having a lot of money was a restriction, but if we had access to a house, we would write the house into the show. If we had access to a building, of which we, of which in the show you'll see we had a big, big, empty sort of industrial space, we wrote that into the show. But it was a very low-stress collaborative show with our actors. I love hearing from other actors, because we, we've worked with lots and lots of actors over the past four years. And I love hearing their stories, their nightmare stories about different productions where the budgets were really high, the crews were really big, and they had a horrible experience because it seemed like nobody really cared. And it, every single time I hear one of those stories, it just sort of reaffirms my belief in us making films the way that we make films. You know, just the two of us and the actors and us actually trying to make something of quality and having fun doing it. And the fewer amount of people, the fewer problems, and the ability to pivot. That's another thing. When something's not working, the bigger it is, the harder it is to make quick quick decisions and quick changes. There was a couple times, you know, and, and this is just life in general, where, where, you know, people, different events will, will throw a complete roadblock in your way. There was one time where we had to completely rewrite half of a show the night before we were going out to film because of an actor. And that's just one of those things that happens. It's like, you know, you can either throw your toys on the ground and get upset or you can figure out, okay, what are we going to do? And the show ended up being better because of it. So we have a saying and that's uh, Spielberg's not calling. And all it really means is Spielberg's not calling because he doesn't know you exist yet. The more you do and the more you put out there and the more places you are, and Taylor talked about this, the more at-bats you have, the more likely someone who's going to change your career is going to see it and they'll call you. And that's, that's sort of the reality of the business now. We just want to open up a dialogue between ourselves and other filmmakers and, and, and try and help other people to make their films and tell their stories. So next week, the podcast is going to be about where do you start? You're a 16-year-old in Iowa in Iceland, in Germany. You've got this creative idea. You want to make a film, but how do I get started? Yep. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week on the Two Man Film Crew. I'm, I'm Taylor King. Oh, I, I thought I was going to go first. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean King. And I'm Taylor King, and we'll talk to you next week. Well,